we have Alan Graff on the show today. And yeah. this was a long time coming for us. He's become the uh, unauthorized mascot of our show, if you will. Yeah, or... man, for sure. Like, you know, we call it out every time he shows up in a movie. And, and even when he's not in a movie, he says, you know what's missing from this movie? Alan Graff. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> and so here he is. So we're we're really excited to have this on. Um, and, and here, it, it went really well. When we were both at the end of it. We were like, holy shit, that was so much fun, too. Yeah, right? And him, too. Yeah. And and you'll hear towards the end, uh, his enthusiasm for our, the experience was what just made it all the better, too. And we're not going to give anything away. We could have gone longer. Right. All three of us could have <laughs> talked for at least another hour. And uh, as you'll hear, um, you might get more of that in the future. Enjoy our episode with Alan Graff. Coach. Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. Uh, today we can we have something special. We haven't done uh, this but one other time, but we have a guest today. But you probably know that already because you've looked at your your podcast app and saw who is on. And who do we have on today? We have the coach, Alan Graff, stuntman extraordinaire, stuntman, Renaissance man, actor, actor director. Second, yes, actor, director. Most uh, often mentioned, king of um, badassdom. <laughs> most often mentioned on our show. I mean, I feel yes, like I feel like were, even if we're not covering yes. the movie that he's involved in, we're talking about him somehow. <laughs> right? No, it's like I was telling Alan, he's come up like in like like five or six of our episodes. We're you know I'm like, hey, look, so look the bus driver. That's Alan. He's gonna this bus. He's gonna roll this bus. <laughs> when we covered Crossroads, you remember us going? Uh, as soon as you see Alan in the scene, I'm like, oh, someone's getting punched. You know, right. <laughs> you know something's gonna happen. Things are about to get heavy. Yeah. Our man Alan Graff grew up in San Fernando Valley, much like my parents did. I want to say they're crosstown rival schools, being where he went and where my folks went, but they're a couple of years ahead of him. It, that led to him going to USC uh, and playing for the 1972 undefeated national champion. And I told a couple of people at work and a lot of them are, are, are SC alum and they were like, you're going to have Alan on? So yes, you're yeah. a celeb around my, around my workplace for sure. Everyone, Alan uh, Graff. Hey, <laughs> welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. After much uh, technical uh, hurdles we jumped, mostly solved by Mr. Graff himself. Thank you. <laughs> right? You're like agility drills, Alan, right? <laughs> it was funny when anytime we started doing this, we do an episode of our show. And um, we've always talked about covering Walter Hill's movies. And I've known Alan's face since, you know, we were kids. I remember seeing, gosh, what was the first movie I remember seeing him? I don't recall. But um, I'm, there was a ABC News, KBC News did this little blurb. The, the, I forget who the sports guy was, but he did a little blurb when the movie Gus came out in 1976. Mm -hmm. 
and Gus is <laughs> this. Okay, I was seven years old, so this was so right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh. Gus is a movie about a uh, field goal kicking donkey. Yep. <laughs> this was the. This was yeah. I think this was your first stunt appearance, right? Yes. This is the first time I uh, I double dig Butkus and that. And right. the, the guy that was ramrodding all the football players was Les Josephson of the Rams. He called me up and said, hey, Alan, you want to work in a movie? I go, work in a movie? Doing what? He goes, doubling Dick Butkus playing football. Oh. <laughs> and I said, yeah. well, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was a dead ringer for him. They could do close-ups and everything. And uh, same size, same build. And... Uh, I did his stunts, and uh, he had bad legs. He was retiring. That was his year he retired, and he wanted to become an actor. And uh, so that's how I met him, and I doubled him for 20-some years after that. Wow. One of those gigs that you had was, again, any time when you're a kid and you see a movie that ends up coming that you were really fond of, that it becomes a TV show. It didn't happen a lot. Uh, you got super excited about that. Oh, yeah. I know where you're going. Right. Super excited about uh, seeing Blue Thunder in the theater and finding out they're going to oh, make yeah. a TV series of it. Yeah, that's it. I'd, we had a short-lived series. I think we only did 10 episodes. And uh, I got to do a lot of stuff. I drove the van and uh, got to do a lot of crazy stunts. And, you know, Dick, he's a very personable guy. He's a big guy. But once he started out of hitting on his back or landing and doing crazy stuff, and he saw that I was doing it a lot easier and didn't hurt myself, <laughs> he goes, oh, Alan, you can do this one. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. the thing is, you didn't know who it was. I was so close to him. They could shoot close-ups. Right. Uh, it was a good show. And there was, you know, they had the other show, Universal, called Airwolf. So right. they're kind of competing with that. But this was so much better. It was a lot, of, lot more oh, action. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, those guys were really uh, big time at that point. Dick Butkus and Bubba Smith, they had those commercials, light beer. Right. So, but it went away. But, uh, you know, I doubled Dick on MacGyver, Simon and Simon, you know, Six Million Dollar Man, Wonder Woman, Police Story. Yeah. It just kept going. And I, and as long as he kept working, I uh, <laughs> kept being his double. For Freddie and I, being basically the same age, all the, the the TV shows that you're just talking about, those were those were our bread and butter. You know, those oh, were yeah. things that we look forward to. We watched everything, and of course, we we're, you know, we we're sitting there with our dads watching football. You know, so we knew all the light beer commercials too. So yeah. <laughs> we were, one pin, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes great, less filling. Tastes great, yes. less filling. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's funny when you look at the body of work that you've done and you think that, well, I mean, what, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Do you, do you, and do you enjoy, the, what, what part of it did you enjoy the most? Do you get in front of the camera, doing second unit, doing, you know, doing coordinating, actually performing well, stunts? What, what was your... Well, you know what? You just bundle those all up because... Yeah. I went right in from being a stunt man to being a stunt coordinator and then eventually becoming a second unit director. Right. I always had a good eye. And when I first started, I always would 
pick the cameraman's brain. Why are you using that lid? Why are you using this speed? What are you doing? Why, you know, and they were nice enough because they knew that I was uh, an XSC player and there was a lot of USC people in the business. So they didn't mind helping me out. And it just came naturally. And I had a, you know, especially directing second unit because I'd always want to not do the same thing in every movie. I'd always want to change something up. And that's always tough, you know. Right. Now right. I'm sounding like a director. I want to do this, but I want to do it different. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, Alan? Having worked with you, I would say one of the reasons people probably took to you is you're a hell of a lot of fun to be around. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm always singing oldies. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. I mean, I, I had been a big fan of yours from, you know, I want to say maybe the first thing I recognized you from when I was a kid and I was like, that guy's a badass was extreme prejudice. Yes. Uh, Walter's oh, yeah. film. And, you know, and from then I, you know, I'd seen you in things like blue city and cross, you know, I, I knew who you were Crossroads long blue before city. I worked with you. And, you know, and then when I had the pleasure to work with you, I was like, Van Graff is the best. <laughs> so much well, fun. You. I mean, I, I don't remember. There's two things I remember about project X, which we worked together on yeah. two incidents that you made me laugh so hard. And then one, you gave me just a little shoulder tap and you put me into the drywall in that garage <laughs> where that stupid Jaguar was. At, and we had to fix the drywall. And they're like, what happened? I was like, oh, I kind of stumbled into it. I didn't say, you know, Alan gave me like a love tap and put me into the drywall. But yeah. it was like, you know, it was just like you basically gave me like a Mark McGuire shoulder bump. And like I wasn't, you know, because you're a big dude, man. <laughs> and I wasn't, <laughs> and you're a solid individual. Uh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, it literally caught me like I was like, holy cow, man. I would never want Graf mad at me. And, um, you know, that's that was one of the reasons I kept on my best behavior on Project X. Well, <laughs> that was a good one. You know, uh, that was a lot of fun because it, you know, it got a hired like almost a hundred stunt got, people. Right. A lot of stunt people on a, a small bike. Well, not small, but mostly small nowadays. And yeah, we did we did a lot of stunts on that. You know, I got oh, guys, you know, you got guys coming off the roof and skateboards, you got a Mercedes going into a pool, you got a uh, you know, the guy with the fire. Uh, yeah, flamethrower. Flamethrower walking down the street, flaming guys. We had a guy. That flamethrower guy went into a, a motorhome and it blew up. You know, yeah, just so much different stuff, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It's nice to do different things all the time. You get getting a you know a bad vibe when you keep doing the same stunts. Right. That one I did, and it was a lot of different stunts, and that that's what made it fun. Well, like we said, man, we mentioned to you previous to uh, today that we did a series of, uh, of Walter Hill films, and we did one episode for for uh, each of us. We both picked a, a couple of movies, and and we watched them and talked about them. And we 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 covered The Driver was one of my choices, and that was your first time with my, Walter. Yeah, that was my first movie, and uh, I don't know if you you know how the story we met. No, we I, uh, oh, tell us. Okay, so in the old days when stunt people could go look for work, we were always allowed that we could walk on studios and uh, go visit stunt coordinators and pass out our pictures and resumes. Uh, this was before 9-11, obviously, and when right. everything got real tight. So I was uh, walking the, the lot of 20th Century Fox one day, and... Uh, there was this AD that I'd worked with. His name was Pat Keogh. 
And he uh, saw me, hey, Alan, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm looking for work. He goes, hey, I got a director here who's a big USC fan. His <laughs> name is Walter Hill. <laughs> well, I didn't know Walter from anybody. And he says, can you come to his office? Sure. So I walked to his office with him. Keel brings me in. He goes, hey, Walter, I want to introduce you to a person here. He goes, yeah. He says, who is he? He goes, he's Alan Graff. He goes, Alan Graff, number 61, offensive guard, <laughs> USC? And I went, wow. He goes, the best guard that ever played? I go, wow, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, we sat there in front of those producers and we talked for 40 minutes. And, you know, he was getting ready to, you know, do his movie. And he goes, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm looking for work. He goes, yeah, I'll put you in my movie. You'll play a part. I go, really? He goes, yeah, you can do a couple of lines, can't you? I said, betcha, yes. <laughs> and that's what I did. I ended up being a cop, and I had my scene with Isabella Janney, who was a very pretty French actress oh. at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, at Union Station when she was looking through the lockers. And uh, I came up to her and said, are you okay, lady? <laughs> and she looks at me and walks away. That was my line. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and then after that, uh, I got he my, I had him introduced. I introduced my fiance at the time. We got married after that, and uh, and then he went off. I didn't hear from him, and he went off to do the Warriors. And I really wanted to work on that one, but uh, he said we're doing it in New York. And I he says I don't think you're the type for that. But he says the next one I want you to work on. That was the Long Riders. Oh and, yeah, uh, the Western and. Uh, I worked on that the whole time, and I played a couple of parts. And uh, from then on, I did every almost every movie. Only missed one out of how many? 25 or something. Right, I think 25, 25 24, 25 films. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic, I mean, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, a lot and of all movies. of them, and all of them super memorable. Yes. I mean, and, yes. You know? Yeah, you know, another one of the films we covered was uh, Red Heat, which I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of, and I know you did a lot of oh, stuff. Oh boy, Red Heat. that was some that crazy was, stuff in Red Heat. Some crazy bus stuff I did. Now. Yeah, <laughs> and we've we've talked about that, Alan. We we've anytime like we're you know if we see a bus stunt in a movie that you didn't do, we're like, ugh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Boo. Boo, yeah, you know that was the thing. He uh, after we did Johnny Handsome, we did. Uh, you know, another 48 hours. And he goes, listen, he says, I want to do something. I want you to do something, come up with something, how you can flip a bus besides, you know, what they call pipe ramp, you know, because on the A-team and stuff, we used to yeah. do a lot of pipe ramps in cars where you'd flip a car and go up a pole. And I said, well, let's talk about it. So I talked to the effects brother and uh, we came up. They used to cannon roll cars, but they only use one cannon. And what a cannon is, is a, it's a steel cylinder, and what they put inside is a telephone pole encased in steel, and at the top, it's carved out, and they used to put a bomb on top, you know, eight ounces of black powder. And once that bomb goes off, it shoves that uh, telephone pole down and lifts the car. So do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, totally. Okay, so now I got a bus. And we said, we got to do, we got to have to put two bombs in this thing. A little heavier yeah, than the car. A little heavier, a lot heavier, and a lot more steel in there. So we asked the effects guy, and he went around, and we talked. I talked to a lot of stuck guys that had done stuff, and he talked to a lot of effects brothers, and all of them said, boy, I don't know. He says, you're going to have to 
max out with the powder. Well, we did a pound of TNT in that bus. Wow. And uh, I had two, two cannons, uh, but I couldn't blow myself up. You know, I couldn't push my own button <laughs> because the fire marshal in California, uh, they've had a lot of problems with people pushing their button and lighting themselves on fire accidentally. You know, they'd either be too early or too late or something. So I had to get a small stunt man and we built a cage and he sat right behind me. Wow. And so we'd go up to Magic Mountain and I'd practice sliding, sliding. And, uh, you know, I didn't like the way it was coming around. I wanted to go 60 miles an hour forward and I wanted to go 60 miles an hour sideways. <sighs> so it would flip really good. And so I let the inside dualies out because it's better to slide on two wheels than four. Sure. Yeah, that works. Yeah, right. And then I'd slide it. And it still wasn't go. It would go 60, 40, 30, you know. I said, no, I want to go 60, 60. And so we came up with the idea of me having a toggle switch and shooting oil down at the back wheels. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and that was the trick. I hit those toggle switches out of the oil and slide right around and it, it hardly gave off any speed. And when we uh, when, when it worked, it worked great, as you saw in the movie. We only did it once, and it worked. Oh, you know, man. It's the old saying, better be lucky than good. And I was. Yeah, right? <laughs> Alan, I'm going to tell you a funny thing about that. I saw it. I remember I was in a theater, like, opening night uh, up in Fresno. And when when the bus flips, the guy behind me stood up and went, "Good fucking god!" <laughs> yeah, out loud. I mean, and it really? was like, "Oh man, yeah." Like you, fuck, that whoever that guy was, you made his year. Like he literally stood up and said that in the middle of a full, a pretty full theater. Because uh, I remember I went and it was like a nine o'clock showing. And it was like, and the theater was almost uh, sold out that opening weekend. And this guy thought that was the greatest thing he'd ever seen, man. And he like <laughs> let everybody in that theater know. So well, um, and, that's and it, pretty cool. Yeah, man. It was. I mean, again, people still talk about that. Oh, yeah. to This day, you know. Well, you talk to, to do something, you know, it was a nice thing because I did something. If it wasn't for Walter, you know, telling me to do something different, I probably wouldn't have. But uh, to get to get to do something that no one else has done in the movie business was pretty exciting and to put a nice feather in my cap. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I started driving more buses. <laughs> and, right? It's and, like you your know, calling card. Yeah. And then they started calling me Ralph Cramden, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Honeymooners, yeah. Ralph Cramden. And un and unlike Dick Buckus, you look nothing like, no, you look not, nothing like Jack. I don't know. Well, I it did, I did. <laughs> and uh but you know, it, it gave me a lot more experience and I did a lot a lot more different stunts. And then he just kind of faded away, you know. He his career kind of just went away. And you know, a lot of guys have made careers doubling the big stars, you know. Right, and I never had that star to double, so that's that helped me in a lot of ways too. Because now I was directing second unit, and if I had to double a star in another movie, I'd have to leave, you know. Right. So it was good that I didn't get hooked up with a star, but I I worked on my own things, and not only that, whatever Walter did, I'd quit whatever I'm doing to go with Walter. 
Yeah. When, when you did your, um, and you, since you mentioned the second unit stuff, the first thing you did was actually with Walter on Johnny Handsome. Yeah, is that Johnny right? Johnny Handsome, that's right. And I'll tell you, that, that wasn't easy because we shot it in New Orleans and we were at, there was a sequence I had to shoot and it was on a pier and there was a chase, a car chase on a pier. And I, one of my stunt drivers uh, didn't show up and we had to use a stunt driver that wasn't very good. And he had to drive the car with two people in the car with him, and he almost slid the car off into the drink. Oof. So that would have been a real bad thing to start my second unit off with, <laughs> really? you know? So I got that guy out and brought in another guy, and it worked <laughs> out. But uh, see, that's the thing. You know, you know, sometimes you have to just wing it, and you hope that no one gets hurt or... And that, that show, too, I had to slide a car in the French Quarter. Oh, yeah. Bob, Bob Lemoyne, I come in there, and I got shot 500 times out in the street. <laughs> you remember right, that the, scene? Yeah, you're, Mike, you're with Mikey and Johnny. Yeah, Mikey and Johnny. And I had to I slide the car 90 in the, the, the streets are so small, as you know. Oh, and yeah. I get out, and then they blast me. And I think they said I had 25 hits on me oh man wow and they just riddled me you know you know what i remember about that scene alan i remember you sliding the car i remember you getting out and running and you're like hey, and you you please tell me that was a stunt man that you gave that shoulder to because that poor guy yes. man, you <laughs> that was. guy you laid him out across the street. i was like good lord i know exactly how that guy feels <laughs> yeah it was a stunt man it, yeah i knew it was i just i just it was it's such a like i was like yeah you could tell alan's played some football for sure right there if you didn't yeah. know anything about him and you saw that hit you're like that guy must have played in the nfl yeah you spun uh, him like a top man <laughs> You guys have great memories. It's unbelievable. Well, we just um, watched these, and we were like, like I said, we watched it. When we do our episodes, we watch the movie two or three times leading up to our conversation. And then, yeah. of course, we kind of go through the whole movie at that point, too. So, we're, you know, we compact what most people see one movie, the same movie maybe twice in their lifetime. We watched the same movie four times in a week. So Yeah, that's good. And we did good stuff in that, you know, the fights oh, there's were some, good. Yeah. You know, and then I ha had the guy... Uh, the horsebacker who got stabbed, you know, out to prison. Right when they, right when they tried to yeah. ice Johnny on the yeah, farm. Yeah, right. And all the, all the Walter Hill movies that we covered, the we were like, the one that like bummed us out the most was Johnny Handsome because you got done dirty, man. They just shot you in oh, the yeah. back. They did me right? in. Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. Lance was, is my neighbor. I see him is? every now and again. Yeah, I see him at the hardware store out in Aguadulce. I see him in there every now and again. You got to uh, tell him the Alan Graff said hi. I'm, the next time I see him, I'm certainly going to. <laughs> yeah, I like Lance Hendrickson. He's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because everybody... Uh, that movie, we were because we, we just saw it, it's so fresh. We were talking about, like, everybody in that movie was right on the cusp of stardom. Yeah. Morgan yeah. Freeman. Yeah, uh, Freeman, Forrest. Morgan Freeman. Can you believe that? He Man. was in that. And he's so and he's yeah. so he's a big time star. Yeah. And he's so he's so not the Morgan Freeman that everybody he there was a there was a mean energy to him in that character, you yeah. know. And yeah. uh you know there was an underlying thing that uh you know that he kind of that kind of went away after he became a bigger star because he started he kind of went away from playing like maybe a kind of a corrupt cop. 
Um, and didn't he do you know, Driving Miss Daisy shortly? Yeah, after that? right. Like right, right after that. Yeah, like, right I think after that. like the yeah. same year he he went right from Johnny Handsome to Driving Miss Daisy. And it's like <laughs> that's the same guy. But uh, yeah. yeah, Johnny Handsome is one of is is, is one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, we talk about it quite a lot. And um, you know the fact that you know the fact that uh, Sonny and um, and Rafe did you that way. Uh, you know, kind of <laughs> didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you should have called Walter and told him to change that. I'm gonna let him know. A, I'm gonna get him he, on the show and let him know. He always got a kick out of that that I got you know shot 25 times and you know he always that's the kind of friendship we have. You know, it's like passing the ball or having thumb wrestling. We did thumb wrestling a lot, and I'd always beat him, but you know I'd let him win, and then he think he's big shot. Right, <laughs> gotta let him win once in a while, right? But we did a fake thing. He goes. We were right, right, we were in between scenes. We were out there in the French Quarter, and we're on a corner. And he says, "Alan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you a couple of times. Take a fall, like I beat you up, you know, and see what happens." So we did this fake, fake fight, and all these people, oh wow, look at, yeah, I hit the ground, and everybody starts screaming. So it was pretty funny. We did that fake fight. <laughs> <laughs> just for the crew there to just for the crew, you know, just to do where we'd get in a motorhome and we'd start rocking it and people would go, What are they doing? We'd scream and everything in there, thinking we were fighting. Oh, we, we've had so much fun over the years. It was crazy. Oh, you could tell, man. Yeah. There's a there's an energy to Walter's movies that like, you know, and again, like you, he uses several of the same uh key same, pieces in all yeah, of his films. Guys, yeah. 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 When we covered Red Heat. Um, a lot of our audience hadn't seen it. It was, I guess, it was. It's considered, a, you know, a, a lost Schwarzenegger classic, as far as it's we're concerned. It's unbelievable. I think it's a classic. It is. It's, yeah, and, it's one of my favorites of all yeah. these films. We got through recording. I mean, we were maybe halfway through recording our episode. I was like, dude, this is, man, this is like one of Walter's best movies, man. No joke. Like you you yeah. forget about it because it came right after Predator for. For Schwarzenegger, but it was like he hid usually the guy carrying the movie. As of now, he get paired up with somebody very much in a forty-eight hours kind of way. Now people didn't know how to take it, and right. I, but everybody was wonderful in it. The movie worked so so well, and you know, like we mentioned earlier, man, you catch you back into a bus, which is which back is a big plus. <laughs> and I did a lot of lot of stuff in that bus. We you know we chased right down Michigan Avenue, oh, yeah, in Chicago, and we went under Lower Wacker, which was. A real pain. Uh, we did something that you weren't supposed to do, but our cameraman wanted Lower Wacker to have water on the street. Well, oh, Lower Wacker is like a grease ball. You put water down there and you can't even walk across it. You slip right on your butt like ice. And there was a hairpin turn I had to make. And I said, if you do that, I'm going to hit this pillar. I can't turn oh, it. Shit. Oh, yeah, you can, Alan. You're good. You'll do it. I said, <laughs> look, you can't even walk across it. You know, and the cameramen are falling down with cameras. On it. I said, he goes, come on. Now, see, I wasn't the coordinator then. I was just a stuntman, stunt double. And so, when you know, here we come. And I'm riding. And I started turning my wheel, and nothing happened. It just oh. kept going straight, and it rammed right into the pillar. Oh, <laughs> man. Holy shit. And so, naturally, someone had to go tell Walter, Alan crashed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. So, the truth came out that uh, you don't, you're don't you not supposed to put water on lower whacker. It's going to have <laughs> water on the damn thing. It's all grease, oil, you know. And uh, 
all the rest of the cars came in. But after that, it was it was cool. But I had to go on the sidewalks, half on the sidewalk, you know, and hitting the parking meters. And they put these coins in, and they're flying and drilling everybody. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, wow, wow, wow. And I'm just, I never let my foot off the gas. I went through an all-glass building, which is supposed to be the IRS building, and and I rammed through that. I rammed through a, a you know, a fountain. I, I was all over the place hitting cars. <laughs> that's when that's when stunts were fun, and it was yes. fun to do. Every day I'd come out and just, oh, this is great stuff, you know. I mean, there's some amazing set pieces in that film. I mean, yes. I yeah. wanted to add: were, were you uh, were you uh, amongst the people in the in the opening in the in the big fight in the bathhouse, or was that all shot? No, that was done in Russia. They, uh, they shot all that in Russia. Okay. Yeah, that was Russia, and that's what happened to uh, the original stunt coordinator, Billy Dobbins, passed away with a heart attack. Oh uh, wow! And he uh, he he died before he hit the snow. Oh wow! I was. At the time, I was uh, doubling Butkus up in MacGyver, which was shot in Vancouver. And I got a call, and it was Walter, and he told me that uh, Benny Dobbins had passed away, and that now I'm going to be his stunt coordinator. Wow. wow. And I told him, I said, Walter, if there's any time you don't like my stunts or it's you know not up to your you know, part, the way you want it done, just tell me, and I'll walk away. And uh, never walked away, and he had me on every show after that. Wow. Wow. And we did some good things. He liked my creativity. He always liked me putting in my two cents and how to do stuff. You know, just like the scene yeah. in Another 48 Hours where the guy, the bad guy gets hit out of the bar, and he lands right. inside a sparklets water truck. You know, <laughs> right. that was an you remember that shot? Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, yeah, and I put a camera inside the water truck, and we did it on a decelerator where the guy's on a cable, and you see him flying out. And a top shot, you see him going all the way down, 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 almost to the to hit the water truck. And then I got inside, I put a camera inside, and I dropped a heavy dummy, and I put air cannons in there so when he hit... The water and everything, just the glass just blew everything. <laughs> it was an unbelievable shot. People were freaking out with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny because uh, there are so It's It's funny because another 48 hours kind of upped all of the, oh, you know, the first the one, ante. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. so, it, yeah. I mean, that the bus flip, that, that tr the truck, the, the, the yeah. motorcycle stuff. I mean, all of it. It's How about just, the motorcycles um, yeah. jumping through the theater screen? Yes, totally. <laughs> The porn star theater screen. Yeah, I, it's it's funny. It's um, it's I was talking to uh, my uh, friend Mario about uh, you know the, the merits of another forty eight hours, and I was like, for me, the best thing about it is, is you know Eddie and Nick are great, but it's all of this stunt work. Yes, <laughs> make that movie good. Tell Walter that. <laughs> no, I totally look, man. I, I I I had my buddy was on the phone with him, and I said, hey man, tell Walter that I think that Johnny Handsome. Is an unheralded masterpiece. Yes. And and Walter's like, he said Walter's reply was, well, he's the, maybe the only guy in America who feels that way. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that didn't do better with all that cast. That was such Seriously. a great cast. Yeah, we say that quite a bit in the episode, how much we're like, how, like, you, like we're talking about people on the cusp of blowing up. And yeah. for me, and we talked about this and we we're covering the movie, Morgan Freeman, this is like, other than 
electric company, <laughs> the, the kid show. I didn't know who he was. Right. And uh, so in my youth, I think, I think Streetwalker, Streetwalking was. Streetwise. Street, Streetwise, yeah. Streetwise was the one that came, just he did just before this that kind of brought him forward in that respect. And I think he carried a little bit of that mean spirit of, of from that movie into this. But yeah, but from a point of driving Miss Daisy, um, he became the guy that everybody knows now. So I kind of think about it this way. Johnny Handsome was the end of the snarky, mean-spirited Morgan Freeman. And so yeah. there, you, he closed out a chapter of his acting career with Johnny Handsome. And and we we, we both lamented about why didn't he get an, an Oscar he nomination? Got something. Yeah. yeah, he was so good in it. And, you know, as, as was Mickey. Mickey was fantastic. Seeing the transition from when he was, you know, be, you know, having his face manipulated back to where he doesn't show, show his deformities, and he gradually becomes more of a more confident who he is, and yeah, it's it's surprising because it really is. Of the four movies that we covered, it was the one movie that we I, I think we both agree that was man, that was probably the best of them and probably the least seen by the world, and it, we really wanted to make sure people got wind of it and and watched it. The one thing I I loved about Walter, and it was just on the cusp of a, some CGI coming in, is he always used to tell me, Alan, make it real, shoot it in the camera, make it real, mm -hmm. make it real. I don't want any yeah. CGI crap. And he used to call it crap. And in the early days, it was crap. It didn't work very well. And right. you could tell when they did it, you know. I, I'm really happy that I did stunts when they were real stunts, right. you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, now I was going to say. there's times I'll say for safety purposes to use a cable and protect a, a, a stuntman, you know, doing high falls or getting ratcheted back and all that. But most of the time we did everything real in the camera. And right. that's what I thought was great. That's the old days, you know. I think he took it after, uh, you know, Wild Bunch and those kind of movies where they were just real, yeah, real stuntmen doing real stunts. Hey, what I got what I got to ask you about, Alan, because you are in my favorite movie of all time, Streets of Fire, and you you play one of the bombers, right? You're one of yeah. the you 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 come running out of the Wilson Theater with Diane Lane in a really beautiful. Diane Lane in a super hot red dress thrown over your shoulder. <laughs> she was awesome. <laughs> right? I mean, and I worked with her again uh, on Wild Bill. Oh, right. And uh, I always thought this girl is going to be a huge star, you know, and she had two different color eyes. Funny thing about that sequence is that I shot, we shot all that stuff. Oh, by the way, you probably didn't know that they covered the whole back lot of Universal, tinted it in. Oh, that right. whole night sequence was done in the back lot, New York Street, and it was all tinted in because there were so many nights of work that Walter didn't want to put the crew and everybody up against working <laughs> all nights. Right. They tinted in, I think it cost wow. $2 million or something astronomical wow. amount to tint the whole back lot. And you would be day, and then the minute you'd walk in there, it's night. It was cool. Yeah. And we got to shoot all that night sequence uh, during the day. And wow. that was a cool thing. But anyways, so I was working on it and, you know, driving up and down the street on the Harleys and we're hitting guys and got chains and we're nailing people. And then uh, they said, okay, this is it. We're not going to, you know, you guys, I, I had a job to double 
Tex Cobb in a movie called Uncommon Valor. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, just, we were just talking about it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing a, a new Blu-ray release uh, in about three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, Joel Silver and everybody, uh, Walter said, yeah, you're done, Alan. After this sequence in the theater, you, you can go. I said, you want to make I want to make sure. I don't want to bone anybody by leaving. No, you're fine. So I go, and we're shooting in Hawaii, and I'm on Kauai. And I'm up in the jungle shooting and doubling him and riding helicopters and shooting out of everything. And all of a sudden, I get a call two weeks later. Hey, Walter Hill wants you back at Universal. I said, yeah, you got to finish this. You got to do the scene with her, the girl, and get out. I said, well, I'm here. Unless you can talk to people here and let me go and get <laughs> someone to cover me. So they did, right? Wow. And so... They fly me back. I'm there, and uh, they have my costume waiting in the limo. I land at LAX. I put my clothes on. I go to the studio. I go and I shoot the sequence. And say, okay, Alan, thank you very much. So I hop. See, I didn't miss much work in Hawaii because of the hour difference. So I go back to Hawaii. A week later, they call me again. Oh, Oh, good Lord. And they said, we need you, and we have to have them. So I went back and did it again. <laughs> I had to do another scene. Can you believe they let me go again? Oh, man, that's awesome. What a great story. <laughs> and so I came back and did that. It's lucky I didn't have to shave or do something stupid, you know. Uh, went and did that, and that's that was my thing. And Walter always remembers that story. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. I was going to ask you if you had to double Lee Ving on any of his motorcycle stuff, or is that, or did Lee know how to? I mean, he did no, know how to ride. No, there was another double. I was too okay. big for him. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say you're quite a bit bigger because Lee yeah. looks big when he's standing yeah. next to Willem Dafoe, but he's not very big when he's standing next to you. I would imagine. No, he's not. <laughs> and I tell you, uh, what about the song? Now, see that song. Oh I man! Yeah, that? I mean that. That and whole that was, soundtrack. That's yeah. that was one guy, and they made it look like the band that was singing it. Remember that? Uh, Dan, like the Sorrells. I can dream. Dan Harmon. Dan, Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan, yeah, huh? Dan Harmon. Right, right. That was a great song, wasn't it? That song that was, was that. And that was huge. That was a bed. The end. That was and, a big hit. Right, and, and MTV played the movie version of right of it the as music a music video. video. Right, right. Because I didn't know for the longest time I, when I was too. a kid. <laughs> I thought it was Robert Townsend or yeah, Stoney right. Jackson. One of those guys was like yeah. doing the lead vocals. And then like the first time I saw Dan Hartman, I'm like, who's this guy? That That's him? You know, I'm surprised crazy. you guys didn't jump on uh, Trespass. Oh, I wanted to. We, I'm surprised you, know, you guys didn't hit that one. Alan, it was that, so. We, we see. We struggled. have. We have. <laughs> we have to do. We're going to do a second series because there's, <laughs> there's at least four more movies we need to talk about. Yeah. Trespass would be one of them. Yeah. Uh, and Extreme was, Prejudice. We didn't talk about Extreme Prejudice either. It was yeah. hard to pick just four movies of Walters to talk about. Well, you know, the Trespass has all you know, Ice T, Ice Cube, oh, their first man. movies and everything. And, and Paxton the, and Sadler. Paxton oh, and Sadler. And then so I good. got the, I, they called me Iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> Ice tea, Ice Cube, and Iceberg. Oh, that's so, awesome. Oh, we now, we did a lot of stuff on that one too. We were, oh, we, were right? we, we picked our movies. We were trying to pick things that were readily available for people. 
too. And um, and it made me ones that people didn't see so much. And Trespass was like, it, it, it was one of the ones that got the last second cut. Well, you know what? It was really bad because that's when Rodney King and that, right. it, it was originally right. called The Looters. Right. And since there was so much looting going on, they figured we better change the name of it. So they changed it to Trespass. I like Looters better, but uh, it's too bad. That movie was very good too. Oh yeah. It, it's a movie. I saw it opening day, and Same. I remember it opened. It, I remember it opened on Christmas Day, nineteen ninety two. That's weird. Did it really? No, I know it. But it, yeah. it, I remember going to see it because I had Christmas with my family in the morning, and then me and three of my buddies <laughs> went to see Trespass <laughs> uh, Christmas evening. It was. It yeah. was, and you know, we had been planning it because we were all giant fans of Walter. Man, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, a Walter Hill movie when I was a kid was like an event for sure. You know, yeah. like I, we, I, I mean. Every every one of them from probably forty eight hours on, like I saw every one of them in a the theater. Brewster's Millions, yeah. Streets of Fire. I was in that too. I was a baseball player. I know that's and what I, I fought. I was John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it, that's what I was saying to Corey. I was like, we because we literally in the episodes we have called. I said, okay, we're about to have uh, here comes Alan, yeah. and like you know, <laughs> Red Heat. There you are, leading him into the prison to talk to the clean yeah. heads. <laughs> Yeah, I play the prison guard in that too. I normally get a part somewhere, you know, and then stunt coordinating direct second unit. So Yeah, that's what that's what we talked about with Johnny Handsome. Like your your appearance in that is really early because usually don't we're not seeing you so early in a flick. Usually we're right. seeing you after some time has passed, but you're right there in the first two or three minutes. Well, that yeah. would explain, but ex now I know why is because that was your first film as a second unit director. So right. they had to get you, they had to get you on camera and get well, you out of the way so you could go, so you could go do your work. Bob Lemoyne didn't get right. to stay around no, too long. man. <laughs> Gerald Bob and T. Cowher, yeah, I would like to talk about because uh, I know that one of your most famous things with Walter is is the is the fight uh, from Deadwood. Yes. Well, you know the Deadwood fight was after Walter, so that wasn't the that wasn't the pilot. Walter shot the pilot. Right. I stunt coordinated the pilot, and then uh, you know he got all those actors going too. That's was unbelievable. Oh, he yeah. hired those actors, and then. He left. I stayed on for another four or five episodes to be the stunt coordinator. And then I got a call to direct second unit on a show called Man of the House in Texas, a football show, an right. action show with Tommy Lee Jones. And then I stayed after that. I went right into Friday Night Lights with Pete Berg, and I directed all that football. Oh, wow. And... The producer called me after I finished that show and asked me, would I like to come back? He says, he has a part for me. And I said, really? Great. He says, yeah, you'll be Captain Turner. I said, okay. But the dialogue was so rough in that show. As you oh, yeah. It's yeah. like Shakespeare. And I'd be in a room with these guys, and they were so good. And then they would come in in the morning, and they would say, okay, we're going to change all the dialogue. And I went. God, I hope you're not changing mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't have much, have many lines, but it was tough. And I was intimidated by those actors. I'd never been intimidated until I was with those, those main stars, you know, Ian McShane. Was right. Unbelievable, man. The dialogue he had. I went there and they had it. And then uh, 
They said, we got something special for you, Alan, about five or six episodes from now. So I had a pretty good run on it. And then they said, okay, you're going to fight Dan Doherty. Yeah. So I was going to fight Dan because Dan Doherty is Swearingen's man. And I was her bodyguard. So they were getting, and the thing is, they never said who was going to win. We're not going to tell you to the, oh, the end. I said, what? I said, well, I'm sure not going to be me. I'm not the star of the show, you know. <laughs> uh, so the first day, you know, 12-hour days of fighting, and I got to coordinate under the horses and everything. You saw it. it was unbelievable. Oh, man. And then the second day, I said, well, how, what's going on? And they said, no, keep fighting. We're okay. Just keep, keep it going. I said, well, how am I supposed to know who's losing and who's going to win? They said, we'll tell you after lunch. Well, after lunch came, after lunch, they go, Alan, go to the makeup. I go, oh, okay. So they had to put a fake eye mm. in my eye. Oh. And they never told the crew. They never told anybody. Oh, wow. They wanted, they wanted to be the shock effect. So we come out and, uh, you know, I'm pounding his head on this rock, <laughs> if you remember. And he grabbed he gets his finger in my eye and he pokes my eye out and the eye falls out and hangs oh yeah out. yes and i'm screaming bloody murder and i mean <laughs> i'm just and people the the extras in the camera oh. and everybody's just freaking out because it was so <laughs> real looking and he finally gets a board and he blasts me in the back of the head but that's what happened and it was unbelievable and they got so much so many cards and letters, HBO, one of the best fights you've ever seen because it's two it's bull, real. big bull guys and they're tired. You know, they bite, they scratch, they scream. It's none of this quick cuts, you know, bow, 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 bow. It's, oh man, I put his head in the water. He runs, you know, he crawls away. I grab him. You know, I bite his ear, I bite his lip, bite everything. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's what, they got so many positive reviews off of that. That it was unbelievable. When it worked so well and why it got you Whitey, it was you received so many accolades about it, is because it's not a movie fight. It's a no. it's a fight like you're it's that's like, right. It's a, you that's a life or it. death fight. Yeah. Man. Right. That's not a movie fight. I didn't want to make it, you know, these fast cuts and everything. No. And in real fights, two big guys like that, they'd be yeah. tired after three or four punches. Right. Right. You know, and that's what I wanted to make sure that that's what happened. And they loved it because it looked so real. You know, it's like the poetry of violence, man. That's how yeah. I describe that fight. Yeah. It's it's the poetry of violence. I mean, that's you guys are the kind of fights you wish you'd see more of. Yeah. I mean, man, you it's know, the so chop good. suey, kung fu stuff. I mean, there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Yeah. But the realism of that was just uh they were so excited and hbo was on cloud nine after that i've oh, always yeah. i've always said that when you're seeing these fights in television movies and and hands are right by faces i'm like just gouge his eyes out i've never understood <laughs> how it never happens so when it happens i was like i was I, i'm over the moon about it and so when i had i had to wait a couple of weeks i was so busy at work so i didn't get a chance to see this episode until did anybody tell you about it nobody told, I, uh, somehow i avoided the the, well, the water cooler conversation it was, before, it was before twitter yes. thank god or <laughs> or you know or it would have been ruined like the moment oh, it yeah. happened yeah <laughs> and the, there was so when you saw it happen what did you think i was just i i was 
elated. I was, I actually screamed. I like cheered like I was at a sporting event. I was so excited. <laughs> right. I'm like, I, yes. was, I, I yelled at my TV, Alan. <laughs> you did? Oh, yeah. Maybe I literally I jumped you. off my couch and yelled at my TV. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, and the it was thing wild. Is, look, they did the makeup was unbelievable. It was yes. so real. And I said, it would hang like that because of your vein. Right. Yeah. The, the vein no. holds the eye in. You know, right, and it was dangling, and it just—it looked so real to my eye, you know. And you sold it perfectly too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. your reaction and the scream, the yell—I mean, the it's, screaming it's and, all yeah. is like, yeah. Well, man, you can was, imagine those extras. Well, <laughs> no, Alan, looking at the faces of the people that are around you, they all look terrified and oh, yeah. horrified, and yeah. they look like there's a guy that looks like he wants to barf. Yes, I've, yeah. it's literally. <laughs> There's a guy that looks like he's trying to hold it down, like it, like got, like you know, you threw up a little in his mouth, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, no, I mean, it, the thing, one of the things about Deadwood, and that 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 fight really sums up the entire show for me, the run of the show, is the is the willingness for the realism of that show. And I think that's one of the things. At the time, there had never been a show, no. like a western, that was a true depiction of the real old West. And I think that, yeah. you know, and, and that fight is the, I, I want to say that's the most talked about thing ever on Deadwood. For sure. Well, I appreciate that. It, in all of the great things on Deadwood, if you bring up Deadwood with somebody, the first thing to talk about is Captain Turner's fight. Yep. Captain Turner's fight. It was, yeah, man. I appreciate that. Cause I worked real hard at making sure that it was real, you know, and if they started trying to sway me to do something, I said, no, stick with me, boys. This is going to be good. Yeah. You know, and Dan, you know, he, he always loved what I did and I'd tell him what to do. And he, he only needed to be doubled, I don't know, three or four times. I got doubled once with my own son uh, <laughs> driving me back into the meat thing. But they, they just really appreciated it. And the funny thing was, after I got hit in the back of the head with a two by four and they yelled cut, the whole crew and cast started clapping. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Graf's dead. Let's go. Graf, man. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Turner's gone. Hey, I want to ask you, did you know Gerald from back in the day? You guys were friends, right? Yeah, we were friends, and we'd always, I was so happy to be his guy. And he's a great guy. But you know where oh, I worked yeah. with him before is Simon and Simon. Because you guys had such a natural, like, uh, you know, on camera, you, there's like, you guys don't have, there's not a lot of dialogue between you, but there's definitely, it. There, there's a there's a no that's working between you guys. And I was like, yeah, they had to have worked together. We on, had, you know. we worked together a lot. And the thing is, remember when he's talking to me when I'm getting ready for the fight? Yeah. And I'm, you know, doing my arms, trying to do calisthenics. And he's talking about this other fight that I had and all that. The, yeah, the, the dialogue was just so good, and then uh, when we chopped off Swearingen's finger that time, yeah, no, <laughs> no, that? I mean, yeah, totally, all of it. There were such good things in that. Yeah, you guys were so good together. I mean, you're like you guys are like a classic all-time television, uh, you know, bad guys. Um, for me, I mean, I, I will always, and you know, and who's to say you guys were bad guys? Because it wasn't like Al Swearingen was a well, he was, was no the good, good guy. guy. <laughs> right. Well, that's the other thing I loved about Deadwood is like there are no good guys and bad guys. That's it's right. Just They're shades all bad. of gray, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just depends on what side of the fence you're on. That's where I knew that these guys were so good with the dialogue. I I just can't get over how they can change 
and uh, in the morning and two or three pages of dialogue and they come in and rewrite it all and then they shoot it and they're right on yeah. and it's tough i have three or four lines and i'm don't change my dialogue <laughs> <You> <laughs> right know? it was crazy you know we touched briefly on the you know getting things in camera you know pre-cg days and when when digital started being more used in the sense of erasing wires i was okay with it you know i was like yeah because you know what i know there's some guys that were you know you you or or one of your um one of your contemporaries is setting things up to pull off a stunt as safely as possible but you know a lot of times that safety comes with things you're not going to see in a car accident cables you might just be sure about so i was always okay and you know sometimes people used to matte paint them out or they just left it the way it was. And it was fine. I've never been bothered by, oh, uh, there's a cable. But the stunt's always so badass, I usually don't care. Yeah. But what is your take on, you know, outside of uh, of it being, of, of digital being used to erase, you know, some of the, I don't know, the wrinkles of a, of a stunt, like cabling or things like that, versus well, how it's you. being used now, or you're, you're seeing digital stuntmen now as opposed to, even for simple stunts. See... You know, I, I always say I'm old school because I came up that way. But I'll tell you, when it more and more, when we got close to the 2000s and, you know, 2005 and six, it started getting better. So people weren't so hard on it, you know. Right. And we, we, our stunts became bigger and we were doing bigger things, but we couldn't have the safety factor to, to match that stunt. So, when you can start cabling a guy and do descenders and decelerators and they can just 86 the cable, we were all for it. Right. But we did not like the fact that you could put in a, a car that wasn't there and then it was there and then right. blow up a car or, you know, s- different things like that. It got too big and you could tell it. They always had a problem, CGI, with fire. You can yes. always tell yeah. the difference. There's two things, fire and smoke. They couldn't get it right down to the wire, you know, and you'd always go, oh, that looks, that looks phony. And I can't stand that. I always want yeah, me neither. to be real. I always want it real. I know we're making movies, but I wanted it real, you know, and, and Walter just, he just loved real stunts. And that's the way I did. But as the time came on and the, and the CGI got better, uh, we did that, you know, especially when uh, we ratchet guys. Now, right. you did, there's another movie you didn't talk about, but Supernova. Did you ever see that? Yeah, James Spader and yeah. uh, Angela Bassett. Yeah, 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 for sure. I pulled a guy, stuntman, through f- three panes of glass. Oh, right, right, right. And when I pulled him, I had to ratchet him through. Well, that's how you do it, you know? And we used to ratchet guys backwards and forwards. Then, Then it got to where... They didn't want, they wanted, if a guy got shot, you know, in actuality, if you shoot a guy, he's just going to fall to the ground. Right, he just drops he's not gonna to his go knees. Back and- <laughs> ten, he's not going to fall 10 feet backwards or something. He's a, right. You know, uh, it's like a guy sh- shot in the head, you know, and I always remember during the Vietnam War, probably before your time, where right on the news, this Viet Cong guy shot a guy in the head. Did you ever remember that? Oh, I, I remember the, because uh, it, it was a Life magazine cover, yeah, right? right, like, like yeah. that. And they shot that guy on TV, and he just hit the ground. Didn't do anything, would just fall. 
And somehow that made it look even gorier, you know, instead, right. of, instead of blasting him back 10 feet, he just hit the ground. And so later on, we started doing that, you know, especially in uh, Westerns and stuff. We, did, we wanted it to be real, you know. So right, like wild, wild bill, like in Geronim- and Geronimo. Geronimo, we didn't use right. any yeah. ratchets. Only time we'd use it is for safety purposes. If the guy's climbing up a mountain and we have to safety him, uh, we would do that. And then we'd eighty-six the wire, you know. But I didn't do it in Geronimo. Uh, you know, when they had that shootout in the Mexican bar, yeah, that was a radical. Yeah, we didn't do anything. Guys just took them themselves, and it really worked. You know, again, it, you know, that's one like the uh, one of the things is, you know, the authenticity and the realism, uh, you know, especially in Geronimo and in Wild Bill and in the Long Riders, for the most part. Right. The, Long Riders, you know, too. You know, yeah. the, the things that, that I remember, you know, when I watch those movies now, it, it, it nothing looks dated or funny because you guys you guys went for reality. And that's, right. yeah. you know, real is real 30, 40, 50 years later right. as to where, you know, like you're watching guys and I remember there's this silly movie called shoot Em up. And like everybody who gets shot in the movie is, you know, rocketed 25 feet away, no matter yeah. what they get shot with. And it's like, you know, and it, maybe it was fun the first time, but like you watch it now and it's just kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. It's a live action cartoon. And it's like, you know, after, yeah. it doesn't have a lot of replay value. You, you, there's not a lot to revel in when you know it's all been done inside a computer. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why it bothers me with these superheroes. Guys get shot, they get blasted back, and all of a sudden they get up and come back in again. You know, everybody's, yeah. no one's dead. They always come no, back. Yeah, they, right. And, you know, and uh, again, when, when nobody can die, it, you know, kind of takes the fun out of it. You know, you know, it takes the yeah. suspense out of it for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, uh, you won't have that in a Walter Hill movie. No. <laughs> no. no, man. I remember the, the, re- the, the two moments I remember most, like from my first when Walter scared the shit out of me and you were probably there, Alan was, was uh, 48 hours where yeah. uh, when Billy bear shows up to break Gans off the chain gang and they shoot that first cop in the chest yeah, <laughs> and that, that squib exploding in that guy's chest. And then later when they're in the hotel where uh, Gans shoots uh, Jonathan banks and, uh, and Nolte's there and he gives up his gun and uh, then they kill banks. I just remember those, those moments, Scarred me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, see, but look at the great actors he had in all yeah. these movies. You know, it's unbelievable every every time. Nick Nolte. I love Nick Nolte. He was a real man's man. And, uh, you know, it was just great working with him. You know, uh, he wouldn't take any bullshit. And he, you know he was tough enough to handle the stuff. That's what right. you believed in him. You know. Oh yeah, totally. I never. There's never a moment when you know, when I'd see Nick on screen and on those movies where I thought, oh, that's not him, or he wouldn't do that, or you know, I don't believe it. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of like I feel like he walks it like he talks it, right? Yeah. Well, that's extreme <laughs> prejudice. Right. Jack Benteen. Yeah. <laughs> what is the your favorite gag you've ever done for a Walter with one of Walter's films? Well, you know what it has to be. But... Is it is it the bus? Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, I, we already got it. I just there's so many well, moments I, I think know, of. It and was I'm like, just it was just such to listen when you can do something that no one had ever done. Yeah, in yes. Business, you have to say that has to be the best. Yeah. You know, to flip a bus at sixty miles an hour and have it go two hundred and twenty feet down the road, that that's saying something. No, it certainly is, man. I mean, I knew the answer. 
I flipped the bus, but we couldn't just flip the bus. No, of course not. <laughs> I had to get a pipe truck in there. Yeah. They hit the bus and yeah. have pipes go everywhere. You see? Yeah. Oh, that was good. I mean, how many it's been, what? It was 1980. 30, 30 years. With another 48 hours and you do that flip. And even now, just watching it in the last week, I just had, seriously, Alan, that, oh, yeah. that it, it's not just your, you know, your, your, your proudest moment as in, in film. It, it set a standard going forward. Yeah, it did. And, and you really know, they did. did a, they did a bus flip on one of those uh, superhero movies. I don't know which one out in the desert. And they did it with a CGI. Yeah. Canon. And it still didn't match mine. Even oh, those, hell no. No way. You know, uh, the thing I was doing that though, um, I had a big problem with the effects guy. He was scared to death. And, uh, the special effects coordinator, he came in. Now, you got to remember all those times we went up to Magic Mountain and we'd set the cones and I'd drive it, try to get my speed right and make sure I could go 60 and 60. He was always with me and we'd always make fine tunes. And then finally the oil, shooting a toggle switch, shooting oil down. Okay. So, and we put the cage around because I didn't want the, I didn't want the bus to collapse on the roof. And then just slide, you know what I mean? I wanted it to have steel on the top so when it hit, it bounced up and flipped like it did. Not like the one I did in Nowhere to Run with Claude Van Damme. I get out there. Now, there's nine cameras. Nine cameras. This is a big shot. I'm a mile away from the set, okay? So they say, okay, Alan, make the bombs hot. Get ready. So... You know, I have like 25 stunt guys there, and there's like 15 special effects. So they tell the, the head effects guy, okay, make them hot. And he goes, he comes into the bus. Now, they just strap me in. Now, I'm strapped down. I can barely touch the steering wheel. And he goes, here, sign this. Sign what? <laughs> you know, he goes, sign this release, because if you blow yourself up, your family can't sue me. And I went, are you fucking nuts? What's wrong with you? You know what? His effects guys are going crazy. They're going, oh, my God. He says that right now on Alan's ready to go. You know, I, I just went, I, I scrubbed it. Make him hot. Let's go. So. Wow. They get him hot, you know. So, I mean, you couldn't pick the worst time. Here I am concentrating, trying to know what I'm doing and everything, getting myself psyched up. And now action, now I'm driving, I'm on, I, I have it floored because it, it's going to take that long to get me up to 60. So I get down there and I, I yell now to my little guy in the back, you know, pushing a button and hit it. Boom, boom, boom. Goes down, perfect. Stayed on the road and everything. Wow. Get out, cut. Yeah, everybody screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get out, you know, and everybody, all the stunt guys and effects guys come running up, giving me a hug. Yeah, that was great. I had to call my wife because she was scared to death that I was oh, going to do it. And, uh, you know, so I call her. Everything's great. Now here comes the effects guy. You know, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. You know, it's just the way things are right now. Everybody's suing everybody. And I didn't win. I said, are you nuts? We've been working. Why didn't you tell me four months ago? Right. You know, We've been working at Magic Mountain. Oh, I just couldn't do it then, you know. Oh, God. 
they just riddled him. Now, were your lines written, or did you just kind of come up with that stuff off the cuff? Because no, like that, most that of you... was written. Yeah, a lot of, but okay. not in the bus when I'm yelling, and I'm right, saying, that's "Get all, out here that's... on Highway 43! <laughs> they're coming out there, they're shooting yeah. it out, blah, blah, and then I get shot in the head." You know, right? That was. Uh, that's you. Just that's me. That's you just going off the cuff. <laughs> You didn't realize what a great actor you were talking oh, about. Oh, yes, I do. You, Yes, I, I do, sir. Okay, I'm going to give this one to you. See if you remember L.A. Confidential. Yes. What about that, brothers? <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear Freddie say anything. No, uh, you know, it's funny because I think I... You don't remember it? I do remember. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to play it in my head, but I... I was the wife beater at the beginning of the movie. Right. And he pulls the Santa and the sleds off my house. Right. Russell, right? Crow. Russell Crow. And yes. I'm screaming and beating my yeah, wife yeah, yeah. up. And I come out. Holy there. shit. Yeah. Are you nuts? You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I remember it now. I was just like Yo, trying to okay. play it in my head. And I'm like, with yes, it's with the first time. It was maybe the first time I'd ever seen Russell Crow in a movie. Alan, there's so you know, there's so many things that we could keep talking about. One of my one of the greatest football movies ever, and I know you directed all the second unit, and I know that you drew up the plays. But um, any given Sunday, yes, any given Sunday, um, is that, that is that your a, favorite? Is that your favorite of all the football stuff that you've done uh, on camera? You know, I'm going to say this: it's a, uh, you know Friday Night Lights, uh, yeah, was right up there. But any given Sunday, because I had a lot of the professional guys, I you know you're talking. Five months of directing. I directed all that football. Yeah. And I directed it with Al Pacino. I directed Al Pacino. I directed all those sideline guys. Sure. But uh, yeah, that football was, uh, a lot of people think it's one of the best. I think oh. that and uh, Friday Night Lights, the feature. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I just feel like, to me, that is the most visceral, mm -hmm. hard-hitting football action i've ever seen in a movie and i was I, when i when i remember seeing it again i saw it in a theater and i remember the impact and the sound design and you know and the and the, the way it, the, the the shots like the direct all of it, it 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 took me to a place where like i felt like my ribs were broken after <laughs> after i got out of the movie you know and i i just i i've seen other football movies and i've seen other stuff that no. you've done and i think it's all fantastic the program Waterboy, Friday Night Lights, Waterboy, all and but there's just there's just something about the way you guys uh, put that stuff together on any given Sunday that really yeah. like just kind of knocked my teeth loose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how my how that all how I got so good in doing football movies when I got in the business. Uh, you know, I worked on Heaven Can Wait as a football player. North Dallas 40 is a football oh, player. Yeah. Right. And I used to watch them and I'm saying, if I ever get the opportunity, I'll never do it like they do because I'm going to make the football real and no one's going to do stuff that isn't real. You know, you can't have a linebacker come up and yell at the quarterback while he's doing the cadence. That's illegal. You can't, there's a lot of things, you know, that you can't do that they try to get away with, you know, because they want dialogue. Man. When I, my first football movie was uh, Necessary Roughness. Mm. Oh, right. With back you that? Yeah, back you. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. And I had my normal cameraman, who's a good, lovely man, and he did great work with me when I would do action movies. 
but he wasn't good at the football. And what happened is I wanted to be able to follow the football at 120 frames right into the receiver's hands. And that's tough. So I got a hold of a friend of mine who knew somebody at NFL Films. Uh, you know, the guys that shoot NFL films. Right. And I said, I need a guy down here. And so they brought a guy, they sent a guy to me and, you know, he got it in two takes <laughs> and we shot a lot of stuff. And that's how, when I did the program, I had five NFL films operators with me and I tell them what to do and they did it. And I didn't have to say anything else. He knew exactly what I wanted. Right. And from that on, that point on, I'd always have NFL films operators. Well, that's why my football looks so real and so good because you were used to seeing it in an NFL film style. Yeah, and absolutely. I said, I'll never, if I do something and I have the guys on my 72 USC football championship team call me and said, Oh, Alan, that looks phony. Oh, that isn't right. <laughs> I would be embarrassed to be right. Them do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I always made sure that the football was real and hard. And that, that's uh, that's why my career in the football, 17 football movies later. Yeah. You know, and, but the problem with that is you get stuck, you get pigeonholed. Oh, he's just this football guy. He's just this, he's just that, you know. In this business, they can do that to you. Sure. You know, you do one Western yeah. or two Western. Oh, he's a Western guy. He's a cowboy. Yeah, he's a cowboy guy. <laughs> They didn't realize what I shot on the, we were soldiers once and young with Mel Gibson and all that right. war, that war stuff with all the helicopters and stuff. That was all me too. And or that you were Hank the Cook in Universal Soldier. Hank the Cook. Yeah. I did, I did two movies with him and the other one was on Nowhere to Run. And I had to flip the bus under the Simi freeway. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That was, that got more attention than the other one because... I had a 60 or 40 foot bus going in a 60 foot area. Oh. And when I got there, there was a, you know, 25 people, Caltrans, CHP <laughs> producers, everybody standing under the bridge. And I went up there to the stunt coordinator and I said, what's going on? And he said, well, if you hit one of these pillars, they got to close the freeway down and check for structural damage. Peace. It's going to cost millions of dollars. So, you know, producers at Sony are going, oh, man, oh. can you do it, Alan? Can you <laughs> no do pressure. It? No yeah. pressure, Alan. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. You're the bus guy. And I said, and I, the one thing that was, I never drove that bus. I never practiced with it. I had to oh. do everything on the phone because I was up in San Francisco shooting the scenes, other scenes, and I couldn't get down there to, to prep the bus. So I had to So do you did that on. cold? Cold. Wow. Oh, how, how is that ballsy? And I oh, went down there and I never, I got to drive the bus just to check the brakes. You know, I told them to toggle, switch the oil, take the inside dualies out. But the one thing they changed on me is they didn't use black powder. They used nitrogen air, oh, which shit. is a whole different lift. It's a softer lift. And this one, they didn't want me to flip. They just wanted me to flip it on its side and slide underneath the freeway. And I'm going, holy smokes. Now I have to anticipate my speed. How fast can I go? That I don't go too fast and I roll over. Or if I don't go fast enough, it doesn't go on its side. You know, this is what I have in the morning when I get out there. And then the guy <laughs> well, asked me, 
how much nitrogen air should I put in the tanks? What? How, how much <laughs> nitrogen air? How do I know? Fill it up. I don't know. <laughs> good God. Yeah, good God. So they filled it up. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, don't let me hit one of those pillars. Don't let me do anything stupid. They had a lot of trust in me. And uh, then they get, before I do it, they go, Alan, come on here. What now? We want you to set an IMO down underneath the bridge where you think you're going to land. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So I walk down there and I put the IMO there and get back in the bus. Now there has to be another stuntman. He has now this time I don't need the little guy behind me because it's not black, it's not black powder. Okay. It's, gotcha. it's nitrogen air. So there's a stunt. If you see the scene, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, but anyway. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we okay, it. Anyways, we, we did an episode that, of it. Okay, the guy screeches and does a 90 in front of the bus, which makes me turn the bus sharp, which makes it flip sideways. And I did it flipped it went right underneath the freeway and landed where i thought and everybody's screaming yelling and the producers all so happy you know and that's when i said it's better to be lucky than good and i was lucky <laughs> and i had the lord on my side <laughs> yeah right wow yeah it was i didn't i didn't know that you did that cold that you just cold that you'd, wow that's, that's what that's what see that's what i'm saying that's what makes stuntmen back in the day you have to have something left in your, you know, your pockets to make sure you're going to be able to do stuff. I could have went out there and said, hey, boys, I never prepped this bus. I don't know how it's going to act. I, and it right. costs you a day or two, and then we have to come back. Not when you have eight camera crews and a, a huge amount of people, you know. Right. So that was an unbelievable stunt. And uh, I was happy that I just didn't hit a pillar because I knew that would be the end. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, no, man. Can I, Ten no. feet on each side. That's all I had. I, that's what I'm saying. That that's very little. That's that. There's not much of a margin for error, especially when you're coming in. And I hit that one like at, uh, I think I was at 40 miles an hour, 35 oh, wow. between 35 and 40, and I hit it and it went on its side. I was just praying, don't go over on the roof, you know. It's a, it's a great gag and it's a great opening too. And, you know, it's, we, we talked, when we talked about the movie, one of the things that struck us interesting about it was it wasn't your typical Jean-Claude movie that we knew at that point from him. And it wasn't a bunch of kicking and stuff like that. It felt more like a traditional, well, it's, it's based off of Shane. So that's what it, they kind of toned down all his usual, you know, action movie style stuff. And a good scene is when I'm the driver and I get up. And I shoot the guy in the neck. Right. You shoot Tony Stark right in the I neck. Shoot, shoot Tony Stark right in the neck. Another good part for the big man. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely, man. I was going to say, I, I, it's funny. I, I've seen pretty much everything you've ever, like, been on camera in. And you were always, like I said, from that moment in uh, Extreme Prejudice, you and Tiny Lister... Oh, man. Oh, I, man. I, I, you know, or Tommy, I guess he was still Tommy then, right? Was he in Blue City? Was he? In, yes, he's in Blue City, right. That's where me and Yes, him, it's in Blue yeah. City. And, and you're acting again. That was your second movie with Scott Wilson, right? Because you worked with Scott a couple yeah, years later I, on. Because he was, he was, he was Mikey and Johnny Handsome. Yeah. And then he was the guy in the, in the, in Geronimo. Oh water. right! So yeah, you know got, he's another—he's a Walter. Walter yeah, used him quite Walter a bit. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I like him. And again, in any given Sunday, you're the referee. 
you know, one of the referees. Mr. Stone. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, also, not to forget, you drove a bus in The Specialist. <laughs> That's right. I, how did right? you remember that one? Uh, you know, it's... Yeah, uh, I did. We had to... He beat up those guys in the city yeah. bus and threw them out. That was a that was a good show, tough for me, but uh, you know, uh, we did a stunt now there. Did you see the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, do you remember the start of it? When they're wiring the bridge? Yeah, he's wiring the bridge. I'm right. driving that car goes going across the bridge. And he blows up the bridge and he jumps. Well, that bridge was in Tennessee, and that bridge was over a hundred and some years old Ooh. and I couldn't attach anything to the bridge. It was a historical, oh, it's a historical landmark. Yeah, landmark. So what I had to do because Stallone jumps from the top of the bridge over a hundred feet, 120 feet into the little water that's down there. And I had to figure out how to do it. I brought a, a barge on the top of the river and I extended an arm, and I put a bungee on it. And this stuntman had to run. It jumped past the dam part because the dam goes out. You know what I mean? Right. If he doesn't uh -huh. jump far enough, he's going to hit the dam wall. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's going to have a bad day. <laughs> yeah. And there's only six feet of water. So he had to make sure he went all the way under the water to be the cut so like he jumped in and then right. he gets pulled back out by the bungee and then we had to help him get out. That was a hellacious stunt, I'll tell you. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, it's funny because that's another movie that for me, like the stunts are the highlight of that movie. Yes. And I thought that was one of Stallone's better jobs. I think so too. I, I think so too. But the, the stunts, the stunt work in that film really stand out. Let me ask you a question. How, how what are Quaid's football skills? Uh, is is Quaid a football guy? Because I know you did a couple movies. You did the Express with him. Yeah, and, but he's, and he didn't Sunday. play football. He played the coach. Right, you know? but he didn't. He, he played uh, in Everybody's All American. He played a. He was a player. Yeah, I didn't do that one. Well, yeah, I, I, I could tell by watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I've, no, did, but uh, when he played the quarterback in any given Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he can only do so much, you know. Right. All the time, the the key, the key to my success in football movies is getting great doubles. Right. And you see number twenty, and I put a twenty on and make sure that guy and they act and look just alike. People yep. always thought these actors were doing all their own stunts. They they did. I mean, even Lawrence Taylor, after he, you remember the scene where it's fourth and one and he stops him. Yeah. And he hits his head and he's almost, you know, he was going to die because he had a concussion. And he came up to me one time afterwards. He goes, Graf, I, I hit harder in this movie than I did ever in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, yeah, great. I like that. You know? Yeah. Like I said, that movie like loosened a few of my teeth just sitting in the audience. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys are great. It's oh, nice man. to be talked talk good about once in a while because no no one knows stunt coordinators, second unit directors. They don't they don't see what we do, you know. You, you know, guys that, do. Well, that's because we, you know, we pay attention and we, you know, I, I like to, you know, like I told you when we worked on Project X, I was a big fan and I like to recognize uh, you know, remarkable talent. And Alan, I think that you're 
you're the best I've ever worked with and your body of work, you know, you're an all timer for me, old-timer. you know, <laughs> all time, not old timer, all yeah, like all, all like yeah. all timer. And, yeah. uh, you know, your work, like I said, you things that you've done in the film industry are like, you're, they're game changing that the bus flip, uh, your, your use of now that I know, you know, I, I know that you use the football, your, the, why your movies look so much different. They steep so much realism, the stuff in the, the dead, the fight in Deadwood. Like I said, that's yeah. a, that's a top five defining moment in stunts in, you know, fight scenes in, in film. I wish more people know that it was, uh, and uh, well, that's what we had you on. <laughs> well, another thing you got to watch then is, uh, is what we did, Walter, we did a, um, four-hour miniseries broken, broken trail? trail did you see that i love broken trail okay how about all that horse the 300 horses i drew you know yeah. stuck a unit and all that I, oh, it was yeah. great beautiful stuff oh yeah it's 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 a film it's funny because uh it doesn't usually get mentioned in walter well, got with a, walter's got a, work want uh, emmy no, I know, but like when people talk about Walter Hill stuff, yeah, they, they talk about his Trail. westerns. They don't mention Broken Trail much, and it was a and, classic, right? You've got Duvall and yeah. uh, and Thomas Hayden Church, and uh, you know it. To me, it's every bit as good as um, it's. You know, people always talk about Lonesome Dove, and I I think Broken no, Trail is better, better than Lonesome Dove. Oh, I agree, yeah, absolutely, yeah. much better. And Robert Duvall, he was he's a tough cookie. Right, I bet yeah. he's old time. He's a, he, he's, no, he's old an old time, yeah. he's an old timer <laughs> and an, an old timer. And I worked with him on uh, Geronimo. You know, the right. same. He was tough. Oh, right. So yes, oh, I forget. Yeah, him, him and Remember, Gene he Hackman died in the, Yeah, he died in the bar. I think I'll just take a snooze or sleep or whatever. It was a good death scene. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I think I think Alan. One of the reasons why we're so big, I'm putting spotlight on people like you, is because you guys make the movies watchable. Yeah, there's a certain conceit that happens when you go see a movie that whatever particular actors in. Right, I know what I'm going to see when I see that guy in a movie. I know what he's going to do. It's everything that surrounds them that makes them good, quote unquote, good in a movie or or. It's the realism that you bring. The way any anybody, it's part of a crew makes the parts work every as long as you you communicate with each other that's why everybody looks good in movies and it's important i mean we're all and we're big we do some episodes too where we'll do fan commentaries where we'll just watch all the way through and talk about things that happen in the movie as fans but we always let it go all the way through to this through the scroll because right. to us that is the movie everybody that's involved with the movie whether it turns out the way they want to or not we always respect the people that do it because we do it. And yeah. to me, to both of us, that's important to bring spotlights on onto people that whose names may not recognize. You'll know the face. I'm telling you, people know your face. <laughs> but, yeah, I do recognize quite a bit. Yeah. You know, it's surprising because I'm just an old stunt coordinator, singing and director, <laughs> but I've done enough parts that were meaningful parts yes. in movies that were, uh, you know, it's like that guy, I know who that guy is. I've seen him, you know. Right. And there were great scenes. I was excited to be in them, you know. And I don't want to finish. I still want to work. Yes. <laughs> I'm still young at heart. Are you kidding? <laughs> but Walter, I, I always, I keep telling him, I always want to do one more, but I don't know if Walter is going to have one more. You know, it's hard. Oh, yeah. Because we had such a great relationship, you know. 
they, I think we said it during one of the episodes. I said, man, I hope we get one more really kick-ass Walter Hill movie. Because again, like everything from hard times all the way up until, uh, I guess right up to a bullet in the head. I, uh, you know, I've, I've seen every one of his films and I've seen them all in the theater uh, when I could, you know, things that were available in a theater, Last Man Standing, all those. Last Man Standing. We did a lot of stuff in that. Good Lord. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> we I shot mean, them the, up a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the body. I mean, what what I would say about the stuff, your, your work in these movies, these are the kind of movies that I've always loved, action films. But, I mean, the work... And the realism and the fucking just the cool factor yeah. of the stuff that you come up with, the creativity of the stuff that you and Walter did across these 25 films, it, it's, it's, you know, it's stuff that has stuck with me my entire life. Yeah, well, that's good. But that's one thing we, we were saying, Alan, there's, there's a consistency with Walter's work. And we talked about it in our episodes uh, when we covered his movies. He doesn't repeat himself. No. And I think that's important too when we see the repeat of when he brings his guys in. That's what we, that's the only the continuous thing that we see throughout his movies, bringing you on or bringing anybody else on that, you know, his DP that he uses quite a bit. I'm thinking I'm on his name Lloyd right now. Matt Lee, well, Matt Leonetti. Lloyd yeah. the Matt Leonetti, Lloyd yeah. And And that's the, that's, that is the one thing that makes his stuff stand out is this, his supporting team. You, you're, you guys make this stuff work. And it shows. And I think that's why we try to put a, a, a spotlight on that because it's important to, to us as fans that we want to share enthusiasm for the, for the work too. So who do you show this to? My 13-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's growing up with the current movies. And it's cool because we, we'll sit down and watch the superhero movies. I'm, but I'm enjoying my time because I'm sitting next to my son and watching it. But just like with my dad growing up, He's getting, my son is also getting everything that was fed to me, but my dad and the stuff that I also grew up on too. So yeah. it's, he, he knows and I have to pace it with him. You know, I, I have a big list of all the movies, but um, he might be okay 13 years old to watch certain movies, but I don't want him to see something really great too soon. You know, I'm trying yeah. to, trying to build it up. And um, just like with him, he, he shares that information with his friends. I talk about it at people at work. So people know your name already, not just more from the, from your time at SC than anything else, because. Well, I can't believe they remember an old lineman. Not many people <laughs> remember linemen so much. I had a great career. I mean, I started three years and. Well, we have, we have lots of SC grads there too. So that's, oh, the, okay. that's one of the things. Yeah. 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 yeah and I used to go back and uh, after each time I did a football movie, I would go to a class called sports and cinema and I would lecture uh, at SC. That's great. And, and they would love it. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, I haven't done a sports movie since uh, the Was high the school. Express one. the last no, one? No, I love the Express. But it wasn't the last one. My last one was uh, when the game stands tall about the high school team that won like 10 years in a row. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't talk about uh, Southern Comfort. Good Lord. That oh, was a good class. And that's another one that just missed the cutoff. And it's, I, it's probably going to be part of the second set for sure. See, see, we have to go back. There's, we See, we've already named four movies. For our, for, we might, <laughs> what, have, to do, we might have to do. Wait, you did? We named we, we did. We, we, the ones we covered were Johnny Handsome, Crossroads, Red Heat, and, uh, and the, the Driver. 
Well, we didn't. We I thought we were talking about another forty-eight hours, but we did. We did. We talked yeah. about. We've talked about more things than we we talked about more movies. You and Walter did than movies that we actually talked about on our show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it, there's so many. It's like where do you start and where do you stop? Right. It's yeah. uh, you know. Again, because I want I could talk about Geronimo. We could talk about Wild Bill, Last Man Standing. I mean, they they just keep coming. That's the thing. Yeah. Walter was there was Walter was so prolific right. from about 1985 to about ni- the middle 1995 1996. There's so many movies in there. It was so hard just to pick four. Right. You know, yeah. for for us to talk about. And then you know we wanted to talk about those. And then we got on here with you, and we ended up talking about like I bet I bet if we go back and count, we talked about. 12 probably <laughs> you know because we didn't even talk about southern comfort which is like an, another all that's a classic and, you know i've got a bunch of you know I, i'm how you know let me let's, well, real quick powers booth you got you worked with him twice right oh, with walter because uh, powers booth yeah you guys did southern comfort yeah and then uh extreme prejudice yeah and what else uh oh in deadwood deadwood yes right. yeah he's cy tolliver yeah he was a great guy. I was sorry when I heard that he passed away. Yeah, what a powerhouse that guy was. He always delivered, always. Yeah, always. He couldn't get away from Jim Jones, though, when he uh, played yeah. him. Right, he was, the, the guy in a tragedy. He looked just like him. It was sickening how close he was. Yeah, it's funny, man, Like, because that was the first thing I knew him from. I saw it when I was a kid on TV. Like It was my parents watched it. And, you know, again, it took me a, the longest time to shake the fact that he wasn't really Jim Jones, uh, yeah. you know, he showed up in Red Dawn, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Jim Jones!" Right. <laughs> don't trust him. Yeah. Don't trust that guy. Don't, don't drink, drink that, the Kool Aid. Don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from, I guess. Right. Well, the next time we talk, we'll talk about some yeah. other movies. Do I'd love movie. to have you on again, and I'm sure. When when all this uh, COVID silliness, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive out to Agoura Hills and let's go to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We'll do that. Now I could talk about it forever. I love Me too. talking about those movies. They're they're so fantastic. And all the great actors in all those movies. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, sure. it's 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 I was just gonna say, man, you, you the the wealth of you know your time in the business i mean it, again I, I say this all the time whenever it stops being fun for me is when i'll walk away but I, I i have fun every single time out and i and it i i know you do because i <laughs> worked with you <laughs> and i've been i've been around you and i and i and i see your you know i know basically you know you're part of my childhood into my like you know into and, and then i got to meet you and work with you and you know it's it's a pleasure well, you know, I appreciate that really, and I I tell you, people go, you know what, you're you're always having fun on the sets. You know, I'm we're blessed to be working in this business yeah. first of all, and I love what I do, and I just want to have fun, and I want to help the young kids. That's you know, of course, I have the nickname Coach with all the football movies, <laughs> but that's what they call everybody calls me Coach, and I forget that I even have a name. They go Coach, Coach, right? And even directors, producer call me Coach. But I keep everybody going, you know. Nope. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's like coaching. And uh, I get instill into them that they, you know, when you do a stunt, be proud of what you do. Go after it, you know, because you might not get a second chance. 
that was one of the things that I took away from our experience on Project X because it was all nights. Oh, miserable. I remember there were a lot of miserable people, but you were never one of them. And just the this the excitement and this the 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 smile on your face when your guys were skateboarding off the roof into the bounce house and you know when you guys put that car into that pool i just you know i was like it was one of my it was it was definitely the highlight of the experience of being on project x was working with you and your guys and just seeing the joy appreciate um, you know your whole team your son i mean your son and daughter are working in yeah they were stunts now too right yeah, the helicopter waterfall, the water yep. pitch. They were running out of the house. Oh yeah, water. It was good times. Well, okay, boys. I appreciate it. You've made my day. I feel good. You've lifted my spirits up. Alan, it was a pleasure, man. Yes, I'm telling you, Alan. People are gonna, there's gonna we're getting a lot of feedback on on this episode for sure. I mean, you you brought a lot of experiential uh, conversation to to the thing, and and people are gonna be like they're gonna be blown away that. Your enthusiasm too for even for stuff you did 30, 35, 40 years ago yeah. to recently you you're people are gonna really dig what you had to say and, and we we really want to thank you for for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. Thank I'll you again. Thank you. Okay, okay, man. Thank you. Okay. I miss you, man. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Right. Bye. Thank you to Alan Graff for being on the show. Yeah, man. It was <laughs> Man, I do right. I mean, I'm gonna, God, uh, dude, I knew it was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be fun, but God damn it! Yeah, it's indescribable. Leading up to it, thank you to Alan and uh, and looking forward to discussing more with him yeah, in the man, future. Totally. Yeah, it was good stuff. And hopefully, we'll you know things are chilled out enough that you know, um, maybe we'll uh, have a chance to have him like on a commentary where we can all sit in a room together. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking COVID, we're coming after you, COVID. Right. <laughs> so you want, you. <laughs> so if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp or the official at Karate Pod or on Letterbox at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you'd like to support the show on Patreon and get those early access episodes and extra large episodes like Alan's, you can follow us on patreon.com slash KITG podcast and maybe pop in a few bucks to help the show out. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you could follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody. Cody. I can dream about you.